Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. I want more to feel free and tell them that we love them. I've looked at clear cuts and burnt forest and I've felt outraged. We are the crowning glory of God's creation, and all of nature was made for us. Nature is more productive because of us, not less. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away we go. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. Can't do today's program without you. Please send... Anything wretched, questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. And as we dip into the mailbag, I got to tell you, you're killing it. You are absolutely killing it about what do I speak? We've been talking about the Masters Academy International's effort to get study Bibles, MacArthur study Bibles, into the hands of God's people in the Philippines. Guess what? Y'all been stepping up blown away by the support. Now, we are thousands of Bibles away from where we want to be, but just an encouragement. Well done. Well done. I I just knew you'd want to send Bibles to people, (laughs) especially a study Bible. You love yours. You know what it would be like to receive one in a country where it isn't very affordable. So thank you to everybody who has stepped up. If you'd like to join our effort to send thousands of MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians in good churches led by the Master's Academy International. You can find out more at wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible, and then send a question, comment, conundrum, snark to idea at wretched.org. All right. Uh, we start with some encouragement, time that I, um, I, I I relate to quite a bit. This one comes from Wretch. Who says, uh, Brother Todd, I wanted to thank you for urging older Christians to invest in young people. You've hit the nail on the head. My family, who are all nominal Christians, is so broken that there is no one in my family I could go to for help or advice in life. I've often felt like I'm on my own, especially in terms of spiritual issues. Like I was dumped into the lake of life and just told to swim. Thankfully, God directed me to many books and online resources that taught me the gospel and who God is. But of course, those resources did not produce relationships with other humans. When I discovered the local church a few years ago, the church became my family. And when older Christians take interest in me, it's like drinking water for the first time. I always thought I had to figure things out myself because I had no one to help me when I was a kid. Now as an adult, I'm learning differently. Score one for the local church. Oh. Ooh, the effects of not lifting up the benefits of the local church, one of which, and there are many, one of which are young people receiving wisdom from older people. What other context can you think of that provides that opportunity that abundantly? Unless, of course, you're a seeker-sensitive church who has decided to not be your grandparents' church today, and you do the music that makes older people go bonkers, and now you've got everybody who's about 19 years old 
Please note, Pastor, if that has been your modus operandi, those young people that you're trying to win, whatever that means for you, you're not helping them. Because without seniors there to download hard-won wisdom, they will struggle. At least they won't flourish to the degree that they could. Super great. Jimmy? Yes. Was there any sort of snark or complaint on that? Uh, no. no. You know, I, I share this because it's just so amazing. You've heard these comments before from people who will have chronic illness or perhaps they are debilitated in some way. They say they wouldn't change anything because of how it draws them to Jesus Christ. Received another one of those emails this week. It's hard. Chronic pain is a drag. Perpetual migraines. Oh, so draining and exhausting. And yet, those people would say the fruit that that suffering has borne has been too good to desire to get rid of the malady. Now, they can still desire to get rid of the malady, but they're grateful that they've gone through it because of the fruit that it produces. There ain't no religion like Christianity. Questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, idea at wretched.org. All right, we start with Noah. Actually, Noah, Noah already started. Well, with the question portion. Ah. Yeah, this one's from Noah. He actually has two questions, but we'll take them one at a time. Uh, Todd, why do we gather on Sundays and Wednesdays? What is supposed to be happening on those days? Well, Sunday is the pattern of the early church. I believe Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath law. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. When we rest from our spiritual labors, trying to earn God's favor and rest in the works of Jesus Christ, every single second of every single day is a Sabbath rest because of Jesus. It was a type, Colossians 2, 16, 17. It was a type. It was a picture of Jesus. Physical labor, one day of rest. Physical labor, one day of rest. Repent and trust Jesus. You get to rest all the time. That's why the Sabbath command is no longer for Saturday, which is what it used to be, but we see the early church gathering on the first day of the week, which would be Sunday, because that was resurrection day. That was the Lord's Day. So that's why we do Sunday. Why do we do Wednesday? Because it seems that with this facility that we've got in this building and people need to continually be fed, how's about we do it in the middle of the week? And so we do. And it doesn't matter if it's Wednesday, Thursday, whatever your pattern is. It's just the church doing more than just opening up their doors and dusting off the chandeliers on Sunday morning. It's continually feeding God's people whether you do it Wednesday, up to you. But might I just lovingly offer a suggestion? Sunday night is quite quite wide open. And I know that a lot of your people, they have stuff to do to get ready for school and for work the next day. I get that. But there are a lot of people who would be thrilled to go back to church and worship again. Does it need to be a full-blown service? No, it can be something scaled back. It can be something that is less enhanced by music. But, wow, there are a lot of us who love the idea of getting back together again on Sunday night. It's that or Netflix. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. And the second question from Noah. Oh. Yep. He says, uh, 
Also, what role does strategy play in the church? Do we need strategy in discipleship, like volunteer leaders training students, student tra- students training younger students? I just say this topic is huge today, at least in my circles. Yeah, it is, because the church has to figure out a way to feed as many people as possible. So I, I don't have any problems with putting in structures and systems for the fluid operation of a church, but we need to be asking the foundational question, why are we doing this? What's the goal with this activity? What is this going to produce in the lives of our people? And if it is anything short of loving Jesus more, you might want to scrap it and start all over again. That is what we should be helping our people do. And incidentally, that is what preaching should do. Preaching should lead people to love Jesus more. We love expository preaching. These days, it's all the rage. And yet, it isn't uncommon to meet somebody who has sat underneath a lot of didactics who isn't loving the Lord more, or they're downright struggling and lacking assurance. Yeah, we want theology and lots of it, but... That's not the point of preaching. The point of preaching is to exalt Christ. Sir, we would see Jesus. Is Noah done now? Yes, he is. All righty then. (laughs) Idea at wretched.org. Hey, can I backtrack um, to to the original encouraging uh, email that we had about uh, uh, encouraging the older people to pour into the younger people? Talk about a time delay. I I know. I know. I was just thinking about um, one of the one thing that really, really irks me in church right now is, and not all churches do this, but the the separate services, like we have a traditional service yeah. at 8 a.m. And yeah. so it, it's, you're isolating the older people who should be, you, you just want to pu- push them back. I, you know, did I mention I just spent three and a half days with Dr. Erwin Lutzer? You did. 81 years old. I don't think I didn't see him in a suit and tie the entire time that he was here in Atlanta. And I studied him like a hawk. Mm. I watched him, how he comported himself, how he spoke at the table, how he listened, how he engaged with people that are 60 years younger than he is. And I learned stuff. Now, if I go to church because clearly I'm a whippersnapper and the old folks go to the morning service because they're up with the birds, whoa! The young people are missing out. They don't get to see them. They don't get to interact, mix and mingle. They don't get to hear wisdom. They don't get to be loved on. And conversely, the older people who have gleaned so much wisdom, they don't get to share it with young people. And it is their heartache. Is it a sin to do these different traditional at six in the morning, rock and roll at 11, when hopefully... The kids are up. Would I call it a sin? I don't know. I'd like to. But I will say the advantages of doing the service as one body. Oh, this is Wretched Radio. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear... Everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. 
How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about $12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Hey, thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. We know you have infinite choices in what gets your time, and we don't take for granted that you've chosen Wretched Radio. And we also want to thank those of you who are monthly Wretched Gospel Partners. Without your support, we could not do all that we're able to do. From Wretched Radio and Wretched TV to other productions like Road Trip to Truth, Transformed, and Breaking Bread, not to mention the many resources available in the Wretched store, they're all possible only because of you and your ongoing support. If you're not already a monthly Wretched Gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider becoming one? Help us continue producing quality productions that reach millions with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And know that we take seriously our stewardship of the resources you provide. That's why we're audited yearly by the ECFA, so you know we're accountable to you. Get all the information you could ever need about becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel partner now by visiting wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, affordable biblical health sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Know your church fathers. Theophilus of Antioch lived a pagan lifestyle until he was converted by reading the scriptures. His most notable work, Apology, was written to an unbelieving friend to show that the scriptures were self-authenticating and argued that the antiquity, clarity, and consistency of the scriptures prove their divine origin. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Wherever you are, would you... Please send wretched stuff to idea at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. Please, if you see a story, an article, you hear a sermon, anything that you think qualifies as being wretched, and that is a big tent, please would you kindly send it to idea at wretched.org. All right. This is from John. Hey, Todd. I recently discovered the position that traditionally Christian holidays like Christmas and Easter are wrong to celebrate and even sinful to do so. I have not discussed this at length with anyone, so could you expound on upon this position, please? Let's say, let's just let's use our imaginations just for a moment to perhaps argue from an illustration <laughs> which I grant you 
it isn't the strongest way to make a case. Nevertheless, I'm going to give it a run. Let's just imagine that there was some archaeological dig that took place in Persia. And we discover that there was some Zoroastrian group that got together and they consumed bread and wine together. In other words, our communion practice has roots in paganism. Would you stop going to the Lord's table? You'd go, well, no, that has nothing to do with it. Because they were doing that, it doesn't, that's not what we're doing at all. And I think that Christmas and Easter are analogous. Are there pagan roots that are somehow involved in these church celebrations? Maybe. I mean, I don't know, perhaps, and I don't mean that either way. It's po- I wouldn't say it's probable, but it is definitely possible. We, we don't have clear history on Saturnalia and the pagan festivals and the Druid festivals, what they were doing with trees. What we do know is that today, that's not why we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And we do have symbolism attached to some of these accouterments, a tree being evergreen, gifts, the gift that was given to us reflected in the gifts we give to one another. There ain't nothing wrong with feasting and celebrating. All of those practices can be entirely non-sinful, even if they do have some sort of past centuries ago to some sort of secular celebration or downright pagan ritual, because that's not what we're doing today. And so personally, I believe that you can celebrate Christmas, you can celebrate Easter, but of course, as we know, the challenge is to keep Christ in Christmas, to remember that Easter is not about Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, I know they're delicious, but that is not what Easter is about. So strive to keep the holidays about the holy work of our Savior And I don't think you're sinning in doing so. If it violates your conscience to do so, then don't. But please, whatever you do, send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. What about peeps? Do you like the peeps? No. uh, You know, haven't had one for a long time. Uh Uh-huh. Was this like a weird kid thing? Because it could (laughs) have been. The fresh ones I found disgusting. Of the stale ones you liked? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, my parents used to buy me, and I don't know why, because they were disgusting, but the uh, the the foam boxes of, like, egg crate boxes with the, the marshmallow, chocolate-covered marshmallow eggs. Okay. Oh, that See, was marshmallow and chocolate. And what are what, those, those uh, do those peanut things, they'd be like pink and lime green. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. are those about? Does anybody <laughs> eat those anymore? Have you seen the price of candy? Oh. Because right now it's Halloween time, and so you've got the candy aisles are just stocked. Zoink, Scoob, it ain't cheap to have kids come and beg at your door. But as long as you're opening it up for them, how's about giving them a gospel booklet? We have them on sale right now at Wretched.org. It is the ideal time to give away the gospel. And I'm even going to do a very specific challenge. You are an individual who is more introverted than extroverted. The idea of witnessing is horrifying to you. I don't think that you're necessarily sinning, but I do think it is wise and good 
to do things, take steps to work toward being able to actually articulate the gospel with somebody. This is a most excellent way to get started. It, the only thing that would be easier than putting it into the bag of a kid who comes to your door begging for candy is just leaving it someplace where nobody can see you doing it. Okay, leave it on the restaurant table. That's swell too. But I'll tell you, I'm not sure it gets much easier than a kid going, will you give me whatever you got in there? They didn't specify, so give them candy. <laughs> Kaching. Our gospel booklets are cheaper than the candy. Available at wretched.org. All right, this one is from Sebastian. Uh, Todd, I have a friend in my high school class who I suspect of cutting himself. Mm. I've noticed scars on one of his arms, which I can only assume comes from cutting. So how do I offer the hope of Christ without offering him the byproduct of Christ? Yeah, that he'll fix your hurts. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's always a careful thing, but it shouldn't be something that keeps us from talking about the love of God in Christ Jesus and all of his manifold blessings, everything that he accomplished for us. Now, we don't want people to come seeking the gifts because they will then not receive the giver, nor will they actually get the gifts. They should come to Jesus because he's Jesus. How do you do that? Love on your friend. Keep ministering to your friend. Invite your friend to church. Hey, let's read the Bible together. I know that sounds kind of weird these days, but I, I, I think it maybe has the answer to some of the questions that aren't being answered for you. What, what do you say we hang out together? Check in on them. And if you think that they are suicidal or in genuine danger, then you need to invoke authorities. Parents, depending on the setting, teachers, maybe even for some people, if they are very suicidal, uh, you, you want to protect them. I realize how challenging that could be. It would mar the relationship. You tattled on them. But it's better to have, air quote, tattled on a friend than to go to their funeral, be a good friend, and send questions. Jimmy, by the way, uh -huh. I was going to air quote, and I saw something. I don't know if I don't know if you've ever seen people do this when they want to. What they do an air quote, and they take their two finger, their pointer finger, and their middle finger, right, and then they go ding ding two right. times. Uh -huh. Okay, so maybe I have CDO, which is the right order for OCD, <laughs> but that's four quotes now. That's because you do two, uh, everybody does two. Yeah. And it's like, no, you just need to do one because you got two fingers there. I just saw somebody do it with one finger twice. And I went, hey, that works. That person thought it's there's our salute. <laughs> just use your pointer finger. Ding, ding. Then you got your quotation marks. And those of us with OCD will not be agitated. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look at you changing culture. <laughs> this one is from just year at a time. This is from Anonymous. Hello, I just have a question. I've been praying a lot lately, uh, but don't seem to be getting answers to my prayers. What's mm. your advice? Well, I would tell you, you are getting an answer. You absolutely are. God doesn't ignore prayers. God has three answers. Yes, no, not now. So if it's not happening now, it might not because it is not what God ordained for you. And it might be later. So keep praying faithfully. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Doesn't Chuck E. Cheese's prove this? 
to us that prayer works in that regard? Mom, I want, I want, I want ice cream. You can't have ice cream. You've already had ice cream. I want ice cream. Son, you've already eaten too much. Ice cream, ice cream. I want ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Ice cream. Fine, just a little, just a couple of spoonful. Jesus tells a similar parable that somebody needed something from a neighbor. Hey, I'm in bed here. Please get up. I need you. And the persistent knocking moved the person. Now, God doesn't get moved like, well, I wasn't good, but now I am. Your prayer was ordained too, but please know it works and your prayers are always being answered. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is from... Oh, don't look at the clock. Just just go for it. <laughs> uh, even before I was saved, this is from Mina, even before I was saved, I was always an overly sensitive person. Mm. Never had coping skills to deal with uh, getting my feelings hurt. Now that I am saved, I still kind of have the same issues mm-hmm. and I don't know the correct response. Jimmy. Yes? Why would you ask a question like this so close <laughs> to the break? Please note... That might be the way that God made you. It would be wrong to say, stop being sensitive. Stop being thoughtful and tender. You know, you don't want to lose that aspect of the way that God has knit you together, but you need to work toward not always feeling slighted, especially when there was no ill intent behind it. So how can you do that? Invoke the help of friends. Hey, this guy said this to me. What do you think about that? Can you help me? Because I'm not so... Say it to the person. They say something to you, and you're like, ow. You know, sometimes I struggle to determine if somebody's, you know, what they're trying to get. Could you, could you just explain that to me? And keep your eyes on Jesus, growing in godliness. Remember, you're a bigger sinner than they are, and that will help you to not feel constantly wounded. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Oh, here's some news for you. You know, they're remaking everything these days, and, well, Scooby-Doo is no different. Well, it's a little different in this remake because Velma is now being depicted as a lesbian. Yep, she is a lesbian because, obviously, we cannot keep the LGBT stuff out of cartoons and children's shows. Because if they keep it out, they can't groom the children. Okay, so this one's for our female listeners. Did you know you're probably a misogynist? I'm not the one who's uncomfortable with other women. They are. I'm just existing. And so my question is, if you're uncomfortable, why are you uncomfortable with other women? What pieces of internalized misogyny are failing you right now? Okay, so obviously this guy's saying that if you're a female, a real biological female, and you are uncomfortable... Oh, by the way, this guy has a beard. If you're uncomfortable with men coming into the women's bathroom with you, then you're just misogynist. Because he's obviously another woman. Another woman who shaves more than I do. So Raymond Buckley, not sure if you've heard his name or not, he is the chairman of the New Hampshire Democratic Party. And he made the ridiculous claim last week that if public schools do not withhold information from parents about their children's behavior in school as it relates to so-called gender identity counseling, then some parents are just going to beat their children to death. So it's just for the children's safety, you know, to save their lives that they have to withhold information from parents. No, sir, you don't get to withhold any information from parents because... They're their parents, not you. I'm sure most of you by now have seen the trailers and commercials and promos of Hollywood's first LGBT romantic comedy that's in theaters right now. 
It's called Bros, and it is absolutely bombed. A very dismal opening weekend at the box office because, you know, most Americans do not want to see this stuff, even a little bit in movies, much less an entire movie littered with it. Well, the screenwriter behind the movie says it only bombed at the box office because of homophobic weirdos. So because you don't want to be exposed to stuff that is against your morality and you choose not to see these kind of movies, it's your fault that the movie bombed because you should be supporting filth that you don't agree with. That's basically what this guy just said. His movie's a failure because people who don't agree with it didn't want to see it. Yeah, it's unfortunate that he gets to go out in public alone. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible The book of Revelation describes visions given to the Apostle John by Jesus Christ concerning the consummation of history. Its symbolic style makes Revelation a mystery to many. But you can understand much by asking what are the setting and action and who are the characters. When you wonder how it's all going to end, God has given Revelation just for you. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Prepare to see the law. This is Wretched Radio. That is the number of the old toll-free where you can call and leave a message with whatever wretched thing is on your mind. one 282 beep And you are now, courtesy of Beep Talk, going to see what the law does. The law does a lot of stuff. It curbs people's bad behavior. It helps us to know how to function in society and in church and in our brains. Biblically, the law silences the mouth. It brings the whole world guilty before God. Paul had not known sin but by the law. The law is a schoolmaster to lead us to Jesus Christ, and the law has the capacity to tempt you. Perhaps you've had this experience, whether you were on the receiving end or on the giving end. Hey, 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 you, you can't have that, that box of peeps. They're not stale enough yet. Now, what do you want? You want a box of peeps, even though you find them disgusting when they're chewy and fresh. You want them. You, you got to eat them now. Because you told me not to. That's what the law does. Jimmy. Now I understand. What did you say to me uh, right before we started beep talking? There's a beep talk in there about a question that we've had a couple of times uh, over the last few weeks. And I said, you might not want to. I mean, it's the same question. I don't know if you want to uh, go there again. You might want to skip over it. Watch the law's effects. <laughs> hey, TJ, that's Todd and Jimmy. The trolley dilemma asks, would it be just to sacrifice one innocent person to save five? We can respond with, that actually happened 2,000 years ago mm. when a father sacrificed his only son to save many. Are you familiar with that story? You're not? Do you think you're a good person? Good on you, dude. Now you I feel was... bad for telling you to skip it because <laughs> I forgot. It, it. Was, it that's, <laughs> did I mention that I was with Erwin Lutzer for a few days recently? Yeah. So we preached in our church on Sunday. It was seven truths to help you overcome anxiety. And it's the story of Jesus telling the disciples to get into the boat. And it's, he did a, a fascinating job. The first point was 
especially intriguing to me. See if you can figure out where this is. I believe it's Matthew 14 or Mark chapter 4, the parallel story. Why are the disciples in a boat in a storm? And the answer is found in Matthew 14, 1. Because Jesus told them to get in the boat and go to the other side. Now, if Jesus wants you to do that and it puts you into a storm, we can learn that sometimes obedience to Jesus is going to bring a storm and you can find comfort in that. You're not being punished for your sins. You are a part of God's cosmic plan to bring glory to his son. And if he has ordained stormy weather for you, it is for your good and for his glory. And sometimes the difficulties of life, it, it's, it's not because you made a really dumb decision. You weren't thoughtful. You weren't prayerful. It could be that you were obedient. So we finish the Sunday service and we go out to eat afterwards. <sighs> So I drop off Dr. Lutzer and Mrs. Friel and Micah, the assistant who came with Dr. Lutzer and said, go into that building. I'm going to go park. Now, I scored a pretty good parking place and I got to the, the restaurant quite quickly because the waiter was still standing at the table. And what was going on. Why was he, st he should have had at least the drink orders or just brought some water and I'll give you a little bit. Anybody want an appetizer? I'll come back. No, he's sitting there talking to Dr. Lutzer. Why? Because Dr. Lutzer hadn't even settled into the booth when this young man came over to wait on our table and he engages him about the forgiveness of sins found in Jesus Christ. He did not miss a beat. If he, I think we, we did Uber with him. And was your ride okay? Yeah, well, that young fellow, very interesting, Muslim, knows the gospel now. Why? Because he makes the most of every opportunity. Listen very, very carefully to what people are saying and try to use it to segue from the physical into the spiritual. And please call Beep Talk at one 282 Hey, Mr. Friel, I had a question. I know that a uh, common uh, issue is there's a, a low view of God. I was wondering, is it possible to have too high? I know it's like, you know, silly because God is like the highest I could be. But it's possible to have a high view of God to the degree where you forget that he came here to sympathize with us. And so it's kind of just like a, like overwhelming fear rather than like a balance. Yeah, uh, you know what? That is, I think, a danger we face regularly. The Christian walk, it's like riding a horse. You fall off one side onto the other. You go to a church and all they speak about is the imminence, the nearness of Jesus, how wonderful, how amazing. Mm, don't you just love Jesus and God is love, love. That's all you hear. So what do we tend to do? Run to the Puritans, at least the rather intense stylings of the Puritans and consume a lot of the very opposite. And then what happens soon? You forget about the love of God. You forget about the nearness of Jesus Christ. Can you have too high a view of God? And the answer to that question, this is it's kind of a two-part answer, is no. Instead, you need to find your balance. 
Don't lose your high view of God. In fact, the higher your view is of God, when you consider the meekness, lowliness, humility of Jesus Christ, who humbled himself to the point of death on a cross, wow! Amazing love! How can it be that thou, my God, would die for me? So don't try to bring your view of God down. Just watch your diet. Watch your balance. Consume both transcendence and imminence, and that will keep you on the Christian horse. Please call Beep Talk, one 282 beep Uh-oh. I can read What's this wrong? one, Jimmy. What? It says snark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, Todd, uh, I got a snark for you. You seem to be pretty hard on guys a lot of times. I listen to your show every day. All I hear is guys are addicted to porn and sports and video games, and uh, you never seem to talk about the girls and their issues. I have three sons, ages 18 to 24, and I've seen the issues with the girls today. Social media being one of the biggest ones. How much money does the guy make? What can yeah. the guy get made? The issues that I think girls have that you don't seem to address as much as you do the guys. Because my pronouns are he and him. <laughs> so I can <laughs> perhaps speak more directly and relate to males, which, by the way, let this very reasonable observation help us to appreciate women teaching women, that women can disciple one another, teach one another, teach the young ladies to be godly, because I think that it's it sometimes is just frankly more effective. Now I'm not talking about from the pulpit, but I am talking about discipling and teaching. This this is this is so underappreciated. Oh, women just get to teach women and girls. What is wrong with that? That is a very low view of the fairer gender. So let's keep encouraging that. And sir, I will do my best to trash the women more. <laughs> I think that's what he was saying. Actually, right, we did we we did go through. It's kind of ironic. I'm sitting here with an article that's titled The Search for Manly Men of God, which I just haven't gotten to you. Sir, you've made me want to stall that a wee bit. But I believe it was last week we talked about Dennis Prager's observation, backed up, I think, with a fair amount of empiricism, that women are disproportionately hurting our society. Because they occupy these realms, education and in, in, in academia, that, that they control these things in the life issue, Planned Parenthood, they're disproportionately hurting men. And we do well to disciple women, to be godly folks. And, sir, I will say this. I think you're 100% correct. It's not just guys who are biffing it with the marriage stuff. It is a lot of Christian young ladies because they've been caught up in swiping, swiping, swiping. They've got, they just, they look at a guy, zitnat. It's all the immediate, the first criteria is how do they look? Then on these apps, they look at what, is it, what degree do they have? What kind of house do they live in? How much they make in? Now, those are issues that aren't irrelevant, but those certainly shouldn't be the primary characteristics that a Christian woman is looking for. And yet, we've heard it from plenty of Christian young men. They can't find somebody who is interested in things like godliness, male leadership. 
So we would do well to not forget to disciple. Their appetites need to be curbed too, you know. Men have a tendency to really reveal their appetites. Ladies, less so, but that doesn't mean that they don't need to be dealt with and addressed. Emotions, women, they don't have more emotions than men, but they do tend to express them more, and they can potentially be a little bit more um, overly expressive than necessary. And that, that is something that should be discipled and worked on. So, sir, I accept your snark. I will try to agitate both genders. This is Wretched Radio. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at Tomorrow Clubs org slash wretched. The month of October is finally here, which means football season is in full swing, basketball season's not far behind, the leaves are falling, and it's time for the annual Wretched Fall Booklet Sale. Now through the 25th, all of our gospel booklets are on sale, and I mean really on sale. Packs of 25 and 50 are 40% off, and packs of 100 are 35% off. For Don't Stub Your Toe, Are You a Rotten Fish, The Man Who Split Time, and 13 Reasons Not to Commit Suicide. There's no charge, as always, for solving the God puzzle. It's the perfect opportunity for you to grab booklets to hand out on Halloween. And no, I'm not encouraging you to celebrate the Devil's Day, but let's face it, kids are still coming to your door whether you like it or not, so why not hand them the gospel and shine some light on this dark and demonic day? And while everybody else is handing out cavities and sugar crashes, you can give the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The annual Wretched Fall Booklet Sale, happening now at Wretched.org. Let's visit a preborn life center in action. Look at that baby. Abortion pill reversal actually works. That's a beating heart. Look how strong it is. Tell me. That doesn't encourage you to consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. $28 purchases a free ultrasound for a mommy who will choose life. It is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. Would you please consider supporting preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. Attributes of God. Can a loving God be wrathful? If God loves righteousness, loves people, and wants what is best for his creation, 
He must hate what runs contrary to his will. God must always respond to sin with wrath, and his wrath must be satisfied. It is either satisfied on the cross, or each person will bear God's wrath eternally in hell. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Exciting! Very exciting! A new church sign intro! Making church signs! You know you love us! Sounds the same, Jimmy. So then we put it on the freeway. I got a church This is Wretched Radio. I think that was at least close to being on pitch, wasn't it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> at least in the neighborhood. Are you kidding? I can't even see a note, let alone, let alone hit one. We are actually talking about, wow, how life has changed moving from above the Mason-Dixon line to down south. Jimmy, there's a festival going on in Georgia. And, and guess who the performers are? Who? The Oak Ridge Boys. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And we're tempted to go see them. But it got me to thinking because we were we were looking at stuff because the weather here, this is the sweet time to be in Georgia. Yes, it's it is. gonna be like 70, 72, low humidity. Oh, this is as close to Eden as you're gonna get, at least in <laughs> Georgia for a few months. Leaves, all that. Oh yeah, I can't wait to go leafing. So we went to the place to look for things to do. And we found this festival and the Oak Ridge boys are going to be there. And I went, wait, the Oak Ridge boys. I remember them performing at the Minnesota state fair in the seventies. How old are these guys? <laughs> They're pushing 80. Yep. And I'm telling you as, as best I could tell, at least not all the time they they, they weren't lip syncing. They sang at the funeral of George Bush. And I don't think they could have lip sunk that because it was entirely acapella. Now, maybe they've got the software on the board that straightens out their notes a little bit to make sure, you know, that they kind of find the pitch. Maybe. Nevertheless, I got to tell you, the Oak Ridge Boys, they're like Erwin Lutzer, still kicking it in their 80s. Church signs, face it until you make it. Fake it no. until you make it. Faith it. Oh, faith it. Until you make it. <laughs> faith it until you Too loose. Just it's too vague. Just believe and it'll happen eventually. And that's just no. Hello, Mr. Todd and Mr. 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 Jimmy. Ouch. I have a shirt time for you. Go hogs. Go hogs. Yeah, I think he was from Arkansas. Maybe he was a Harry Potter fan <laughs> at the church. Good. Sign maker guy. Go hogs. Yeah. Okay. Not a sin. If a church decides that they want to show team spirit by doing a shout out for the football team, can't call it a sin, but I could call it a wasted opportunity. Now, the church could maybe argue, no, no, no. It's important that people understand that Christians are just like them. Hold the phone. We're not. We are supposed to be different. We are supposed to be willing to even miss hog football games on Sunday morning. Because we desire the assembling of the saints. Got a church sign for you. Feeling puzzled? Maybe God is the missing piece? Um, no. <laughs> He's not a missing piece. That, that's the typical preaching that you hear these days in megachurches. 
uh, you know, you just, you just, you got a little hole in that heart. And, you know, food tastes better with Jesus. He's not a missing piece. He's not a tacker. Hey, why don't you try Jesus as if he's a life enhancement deity? He's not the missing piece. He is the puzzle solved. He is the mystery revealed. He's not a part of the Christian's life. He is the Christian's life. That just reflects that dualistic attitude that we adopted from Socrates and from Plato. The idea that there's a separation between reality and religion, between morals and and the real world. There's not. There's not a division. Everything about the Christian life should be about Jesus Christ. Everything. And you say, okay, question number one, well, what does that even look like? What it looks like is that you are studying your word enough. You are partaking in the means of growth regularly, going to church, serving, communion, praying, fellowship, that increasingly you have the mind of Christ and you start filtering all of your decisions just naturally through the Bible. Now, when you were maybe younger, more immature in the faith, that was more difficult because you didn't know scriptures as well. But once you get yourself saturated in scripture, suddenly it starts oozing out of your pores. Second, does that mean that I need to walk around? Jimmy. Yes. Um, how hard did you work yesterday? Very hard. That's a good thing because God wants you to work hard. <laughs> because in Genesis, we see the hard work that he puts into creation. Okay, do I need to be like every single comment response somehow Christianize it? No, no, I don't. But it should be informing my life, every realm, every aspect. I'm thinking about Seeing the seeing the racial issues, think Bible, think Jesus. Does he have a solution for this? Yeah, Colossians 3, Galatians 4, uh, that in Christ, no distinction, barbarian, Scythian, free, slave, doesn't make any difference, in Christ. So I'm thinking biblically, work. I do want to work because God is a working God. I don't want to be a quiet quitter. I want to be the best worker on the team, even if my wage doesn't reflect my efforts. Because that is how hard God works, and I'm his representative here. You're tempted by a sin. Think Bible. You're making money decisions. Think Bible. You're wondering, how do I live in a country where the government appears to become becoming increasingly hostile toward Christians? Think Bible. And you will find yourself responding more and more biblically the more and more Bible you just bake into your brain. Oh. I got a church sign for you in Alabama. God wants you on his team. Let's pray. <laughs> you missed it, though, Todd. What did I miss? The The last church sign. What did I miss about it? Feeling puzzled? Yeah. God's the missing piece? Yeah. God puzzle? It was right there for you. Oh. It was right there. Oh. <laughs> I need to sit down. That hurts so much. You know what? If we could just find out from that woman down the hall how many of these booklets we have left, <laughs> that would be Mrs. Hicks. Yeah. Well, I th- we I, I I suspect we're under two hundred thousand to go. I I'll I'll get the number, but we've been giving these away. Our goal is one million. Do you know that courtesy of you, 
that we will together have distributed three million gospel presentations, did a million DVDs, did a million What Time is Purple, and now we're on our way to doing a million distributions of Solving the God Puzzle, a really good booklet to give away. And best of all, no, not best of all, and in addition to all that, it's you don't have to pay anything to get it. Cases, 200. You promise to give them away? We'll send you as many cases as you want. Jimmy, thanks for the conviction. <laughs> I'm now ending my week on an absolute whimper. Church sign. Jesus is coming back soon, so you better be ready. Okay, I'm down with that. Nothing like a good threatening on a church sign, and I mean that. Church sign. Life is short. Eternity is not. Okay, same thing. Get it squared away. Get it thought through. I do love preaching prophetically to the world via a church sign. It ain't easy, and you can come across rather harsh. But nevertheless, I, I dig signs like that. Church sign, let us follow God, not Twitter. <sighs> okay. Ray Comfort approved church sign. Oh, boy. Mission to know him and make him known. Well, the what to what? Mission. To know him and make him known. Got to tell you something. Ray Comfort has dedicated his life to that. Ray Comfort is so tenacious. It's absolutely amazing. The last time I spoke to Ray, we were talking about going out on his bike with Sam the dog with his sunglasses on, both of them, because it attracts people. Oh, look at that cute dog. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? And he witnesses to people, and he is relentless about it. He mentioned it was kind of off the cuff that because of his schedule, he goes out several times a day. He goes out several times. Ray is 71, two, something like that. Doesn't act like it. That didn't come out right. He's much more youthful than his years would imply. And he's relentless to make Jesus known. What does it profit a nation if they experience a red wave, but not a crimson wave? Yes, I wrote that. What does it profit your children to live in a big house, to have an easier path mode for them, but they die and go to hell? To make Jesus known, it's why we are here, because that is the reason for the purpose of the universe, which means if that is the reason for everything, this takes us back to our dualistic attitude and how we should absolutely trash that notion that somehow anything in reality is separated from Jesus Christ. It's not because the purpose of the universe is to make Christ known. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>